You ready for Basecamp Fitness's best deal yet? Seven days for $7. That's right, seven days for $7. It's time to double down on your fitness goals and snag this offer before it's gone. Call or text Basecamp Fitness at 913-232-9770 or go to BasecampFitness.com to learn more. Welcome back to the Border Patrol on Sports Radio 810 WHB. Stephen St. John and Nate Bucati with Jake Gutierrez. We have a lot of great coverage, Nate Bucati, coming live from the Super Bowl. Yes, we Man, do. I, I wish you would tell people who's making all this possible because we don't do it on our own. Jake says he's responsible for everything, but it goes deeper than that. And so won't you tell us who <laughs> provides uh, provides all the support for us bringing Kansas City this coverage from Las Vegas? I'll try to do it in the big uh, the big voice guy. Thank you. You know, when they when they play the billboards before a big, big game on television. Yes. Sports Radio 810 WHB's live coverage from Radio Row in Las Vegas is brought to you by the Low T Center. Fellas, do you know your numbers? Low T Center makes it quick and easy. Go to lowtcenter.com to get your levels checked today. Low T Center, reinventing men's health care. By Deep Esquale Moore, injury attorneys. Have you or a loved one been in a car wreck? Contact the Deep Esquale Moore law firm today and get the money you deserve. Car wreck? Remember, Mike's got this. By Greenlight Dispensary. Check out their amazing flower power deals up to 50% off at greenlightdispensary.com and by Hollywood Casino. The all-new sports book at Hollywood Casino at Kansas Speedway is now open. Remodeled with an all-new bar, ticker tape, leather sofas and armchairs, and so much more. The big game is coming up on Sunday. You know, um... Somebody asked me yesterday uh, how long I've been with Union Broadcasting, and it's been crazy because uh, I started part-time in 1998, but then I I signed on as a full-time employee after I was offered by uh, another radio station. I didn't want to go to the other radio station, uh, but I needed... Uh, I needed to be full-time and I needed benefits, mm-hmm. you know. And so I came back actually about an hour before I was heading over to this other radio station's headquarters to meet with Human Resources and fill out all my paperwork. I had one last meeting with, with Chad, and he made me the offer that I wanted and uh, to, to sign on with Union Broadcasting full-time. And that was in May of 1999. So coming up in May, this, this I'll be celebrating 25 years as a as a full time employee of Union Broadcasting. And somebody asked me that yesterday, and I was just saying 25 years is just crazy. Um, but then I was reminded of something. I mean, at the beginning of my career here, uh, that was I still think about a lot. I don't talk about it very often, but. Um, I just saw that Good Morning Football tweeted out that uh, Derek Thomas passed away 24 years ago today. 24 years, which is uh, mind-blowing to me. 24 mm-hmm. years. And I remember, you know, I was early on in that deal. Uh, they sent me out to Arrowhead. I was at home. I was in my apartment 
on St. John Avenue. My little apartment that I had with uh, uh, my wife, Susan, stepson, Chris, and uh, Richie, and, and baby Richie. And I remember, I think it was Lebo that called me and said, hey, can you go over to Arrowhead? Because back, back then I did the nighttime show, mm-hmm. and I wasn't doing the work for a couple of hours. Can you go to Arrowhead and just try to get some reaction from anyone that's out there? And so I did. And it was I was really nervous because it was, a it, you know, Derek Thomas just passed away, and as a lifelong Chiefs fan, it was it was very upsetting. But also, I remember I wanted to do a good job, uh, and do um, and do it justice by going out and trying to. It, it's not it's not an easy thing, right? right? Especially for someone so young in the business. I can't believe it's twenty four years. And I remember going out there, and just to show you how long ago this was, Jake, you'll appreciate this too. I I, I remember. I talked to Bobby Bell and put him on the air on the phone with 810. And then I remember I interviewed Bill Grigsby, who's no longer with us. Legend. And then I, I remember I briefly talked with Lamar Hunt. And, I, and this and it, this is all like was so overwhelming to me because everybody was so emotional, you know. And so I, I'm, I'm trying to, like, get my mind around the idea that Derek Thomas had just passed away and then I'm, I'm trying to do a good job for the radio station that they just hired me and I'm still new enough in my career like am I, I don't know if I'm going to make it I, I hope I do you know and so then and then there's Bobby Bell and there's Bill Grigsby and there's Lamar Hunt and all these different I'm trying to you know can, can you come on over this please just to talk just a little bit about Derry Thomas and it's you know such an uncomfortable and emotional uh, assignment, you know, and I just and that so considering today's the twenty fourth wow. anniversary, that just um, I just can't believe it, and that was that that was there's there's certain you know I guess bookmarks in your career that that just resonate with you and you'll never forget, and you never forget how you felt or just what you know. And I'll never forget that all those all those emotions driving out there, um, and then you know I remember going to the uh, the service that they had at Arrowhead Stadium, which again was just uh, it was something else, man. And I I had already struck up a friendship with Whitlock. I don't know if I was on the morning show yet. I still may have been hosting the nighttime show and as in a contributor on Whitlock show. This is in 2000. It was right around that time when I made the move up to the, the more, maybe I was, I can't remember, but Whitlock was friends with Derek Thomas and his friend, Mike Tellis, who was also killed in that, in, in, in the wreck. And I, Hey, look, we're just talking here. And so I really never got a chance to, to talk to DT too much as a reporter player, you know, in, in the locker room. But I had the opportunity to talk to DT sitting in one of the back tables at Diamond Joe's because that's just, that's where Whitlock liked to go. And Whitlock would have show meetings there. And he said, and I'm, and it sounds like I'm, I'm not, he goes, you know, yo, or just everything. 
Me and me and Diamond Joe's at six. We're gonna eat. We're gonna have dinner, and we're gonna talk. And my dad, one of my dad's best friends in life, is Joe Mag, who's Diamond Joe. And, you know, and we, we weren't going down there jacking around, drinking. Around. We'd go back in the corner, eat a steak or whatever, and and talk about the show or talk or whatever. And if you know more more times than more than once, DT would be back there on one of the tables, you know, and. Whitlock would be, you know, say something over to him, and smartass, and DT would say something over to him, and just being there, just almost like, you know, I I I talk a little bit, but it's one of those things where I'm just gonna not say nothing and just listen and just be around this because yeah. it was still at that point in my life, that point in my career, a little intimidating, sure, to be in that, you know. I'm, I'm not supposed to be here in the middle of this conversation between Whitlock and, and DT and, you know, whoever else was there at the time. But, uh, and I'll, I'll, I'll just never forget those moments, you know, uh, just starting off in this business. And then how shocking everything was as it happened. Yeah. You know, the wreck and then ultimately, you know, his passing. Um as we, he was trying to rehab from, right. for those that don't, you know, those that aren't old enough to know what happened, it's uh, it's crazy listening to you tell this, and like the the fact that you and I ended up have have been working together for so long since then, and some of the parallel lives we live because I had just started working at the radio station that tried to hire you, <laughs> and and so I was working in Kansas City, just gotten here from Moberly, Missouri, and I remember going to set up the gear. They did a service at Kemper Arena. Um, for DT, uh, they did more than one service, and I yeah. remember setting oh, the, up the public one was an Arrowhead, yeah. and I, the Kemper one was an invite, and I got an invite to that with Whitlock and, and with their so yes, yeah. And then yeah. I remember was, they also the radio station sent me to cover his estate sale, which was really weird. I did not do to that one. That was, was weird. That man. was out of that one. No, but it, but just and then just it was. So I'm just I'm just sharing the story because yeah. I'm, I'm looking down and seeing 24 years ago today Crazy. passed away, unbelievable and uh, and and uh, larger than life figure. Yeah, and you know you you can be sentimental, you can be whatever you want, but let me tell you this: this is Super Bowl 58. Chiefs ain't losing on Sunday. Let's go to Adam Kaplan. Adam, good morning. How are you? Guys, good to, good to talk to you. Yeah, um, yeah, I heard you talk about Derek Thomas. I remember where I was, and when he passed, it's just a shocking. And then you you fast forward, it, it, it's number fifty eight. Yeah, it really is. And yeah, I'm here in Las Vegas. It's uh, I saw your station there, uh, set up in here on Radio Row. Uh, good to see people here, and looking forward to the game. And uh, had a chance to talk to, to a lot of people uh, here, former and current players, about both teams. All right, so let's uh, let's get to this. Uh, it's, we, you know, we saw the Chiefs play the 49ers four years ago in the Super Bowl, and this started this whole thing, this this incredible run that the Chiefs are on. And I mean, it felt that you had an inkling that maybe these teams would see each other again, and here we are four years later. Um, let's just give us your your overall view of this game and how these two teams match up this time around. Yeah. So look. You know, people brought up the game in 2022, but we, we have to remember the Chiefs' defense is way better than it was then. It was a super high-scoring game. The Chiefs are just not as wide open as they were last year. You know, I, I, I've said to people, look, I don't think this is a vintage Chiefs roster, 
but the quarterback is playing at elite level again. They have a running game, which they haven't always had with Andy Reid. But the big story is the defense. And, and you, it, it, funny, I just want to bring up something you guys brought up to me last week with Spags. So with Spags, it's come up now. With, it's really interesting. I, I, when you guys brought it up, I, I thought, that, you know, uh, and I get it. You're in that market. But it's now been brought up to me four or five times. Should Spags be, Spags be considered? for the Pro Football Hall of Fame as an assistant coach. And I, I think now it's in the conversation, particularly if, whether they win or lose, if, if they dominate, they, let's say they hold the, the Niners to like 14 points or less, which would be hard to do, but they could. I mean, you really have to look, and obviously if they win, that's just another level here. So I think that's, that's, that's definitely been in the conversation this week since I've got to Las Vegas, when everyone's looking at storylines and things that we don't talk a lot about. Assistant coaches in the Pro Football Hall of Fame, that's not something that comes up a lot, but it sure is here. Oh, I remember, you know, we watched the, the documentary, The Two Bills, and they really went, did a great job of chronicling the, the defensive genius of Bill Belichick and those amazing offenses in the NFC that, that he went up against, particularly the 49ers and the way he was able to, to, to design game plans to shut them down. When you look at the run the Chiefs are on in this particular playoff, the incredible explosive offense of the Dolphins, Josh Allen, and then the everybody's pick for MVP. They, they've done it to those three, and now you look at it's what's got to be considered the team with the best assortment of skill position players in the league in the 49ers. The run it, it would take to win this thing from a defensive side, I mean, how, how would you put that in perspective? And how good is this 49ers offense compared to the ones they've already seen in the playoffs? Yeah, so... When you really look at the 49ers offense, you're, you're right. They are loaded on offense, but they play in a highly structured offense. They've had to get out of their comfort zone because they play from behind, which has been surprising, particularly when they've been at home in the playoffs. Now you go to a neutral site, we'll see. It's too hard to judge. It's too early in the week to be able to judge what the, it's going to be a pro Chiefs crowd. It's a pro 49ers. Now I know, it, you know we're not too far from California um, and in the Bay Area, but that's something to take a look at because you never really know what that's going to, going to be. But when you look at, yeah, I, I would say that the big matchups are obviously the, the Chiefs, their secondary, Ayuk, and Debo Samuel, who's not just a receiver in the run game, where their record without Debo Samuel is so far below 500. So it's pretty interesting. You know, he, he guy gets hurt a lot, but he's a tremendous football player. And then it's how does Brock Purdy handle the pressure? That's, that's something you can't talk about enough. I know he's shown the ability to come from behind. Now, guess what? That was at home. And the, the game that they had against Detroit was you know, amazing to me that they were able to come back. I, I, I thought for sure they were done at the half. And they came back and won and Purdy and McCaffrey and, and big plays and the defense got, you know, got, got the turnovers. That's another, that's another subplot to this game. But what if the Chiefs get up big? You know, what if the Chiefs get up early? How they handle it? Because the, the Chiefs play a lot of man coverage comparatively to other teams. They, last week they played about 35% man coverage. They're actually for the season in the top three in man coverage. And that, that's going to be fascinating to see how Purdy handles that. And, you know, the Chiefs feel like, look, they can handle it. And then the other thing is, where does LeJarrius Steed, who does, he, who does he line up against, Ayuk? I would think Ayuk. And then make, make Samuel, Debo Samuel, be, then you've got George Kittle, who's so explosive. You know, he's one of the best all-around tight ends in the league. And then you've got McCaffrey as a dual threat. You're, you're right. This is, this is a tough matchup for, for Spags. But, again, he has faith in them. This is not new to him. Uh, this is a this is a very deep pass target group, but they're not. They don't. Their offense is structured completely differently uh, than the, the Chiefs, which is a little bit more wide open in the way they structure. The, the Niners is, is more 
sort of regimented and they play a specific way. And when they get out of it, they tend to struggle. You know, Adam, uh, they do have a lot of weapons, but the, the Chiefs are one of the few teams, I think, they can actually match up with them with, with their personnel because you mentioned Snead. I mean, Trent McDuff. It's so crazy. We talk about Snead as the best corner in football, but McDuffie was the one that was named All Pro. And so you've yep. got, you've got two guys, two shutdown guys. And then on top of that, I've, I've tried to make this point a couple of times. We have not seen very often less than half the games where. Tranquil, Willie Gay, and Bolton have all been healthy on the field together. And I think between Tranquil and Willie Gay, and then, you know, Justin Reed and, and Mike Edwards and the safeties and Shamari Connor, they are uniquely equipped to match up with Kittle and Christian McCaffrey. Can they stop them altogether? All no, because they're, they're so good. But with, with these two healthy corners and then the healthy linebacking group, uh, how, how do you, that, that's, that's, that's a lot different than what most defenses can throw with the 49ers, right? Yeah, and Bolton's one of the best defensive players. I mean, there's, there's no question about it. And he could run. He runs better than you think. You know, the, the Niners also, I mean, they're, they're, they got the best linebacker group in football overall. That, that's something that, that'll be interesting to see how – I just want to throw this in there. Kelsey destroys zone coverage. He's had over 900 yards against zone coverage this season. And that the Niners are one of the highest percentage zone coverage teams in the National Football League. In fact, they they played 88 percent zone coverage last week, so that that helps the Chiefs. By the way, when you look comparatively, but getting back to the defense, the Chiefs can match up to a certain degree. But what what Kyle Shanahan does, and I've talked to the Niners players over the years about this, he creates so much space for the receivers and tight ends to run through. And this is a big, you know, this is a this is a big study week for Spags. I know they've gone up against him before, but and not particularly the players, because misdirection is super big. You know you're going to see that. Um, a ton of pre-snap motion. They're the highest pre-snap motion team in the National Football League. You know it's coming. It's going to be 70% or more. Could be more than 90%. Because what you're going to do, because they're so, the, the, you just mentioned, and it's an important point, they're so healthy on defense right now, they can match up. And this is going to be great against Kyle Shanahan against Bags. This is a great matchup. The, I'm curious always at the, the, the mental aspect of the game, Adam, when it comes to pressure, when it comes to how people respond to those types of things. And for the guys, particularly Shanahan, but, but the players that have been there too, how do you think it plays into this game, the fact that the Chiefs have already won a couple of these things, that they've already won a game against the 49ers, and that the 49ers get this chance again, but their history is that they lost to the Chiefs the last time around. How do you think that history of it plays into this game? Oh, no question the pressure will be on Kyle Shanahan and Brock Purdy, uh, no, no doubt. In fact, I remember talking to the Niners after he lost to Philly last year, the championship game, when Purdy hurt his elbow. They were just so down because they felt they really could win in Philly, although the Eagles had a great roster last year. They felt they could go in and win, but when the, when the game was taken away from them, when the quarterback got hurt early in the first quarter, they obviously they had no chance. And you fast forward now, um, they feel really good about their team. But one nugget I'll give you is that uh, talking to other teams at the trade deadline, they were they were really working hard at trying to trade for a starting corner. So I'm going to give you what's going to happen here. And I know I, I know the way that Andy Reid thinks when they go and Matt Nagy, they go through the game, they go through the game plan. They go, okay, who could we exploit? Well, you throw you throw the opposite of former Chiefs corner Shavarius Ward, uh, Diamondur Lenore, uh, Ambry Thomas. These guys are really not what you call starting level corners, but they you know they, they split playing time. 
and that that is where the matchups are going to be won with with Rishi Royce. We obviously have to mention that's coming now. Another thing before we get out of here is you could run against the Niners. The, the thing is, they get up so big in so many games, teams have to throw more than they want. But you, you obviously can run against them. Pacheco, giving him a week off, and he needed it. He's, he's had two injuries, and he's been banged up this season. He's going to be a factor in this game, folks, I'm telling you. I know they, I know they want to throw the ball, but when they run it, they're going to be successful. All right, uh, Adam Kaplan has been our guest. Before we let you go, tell us how this game plays out and give us your official prediction, please. Yep, uh, this is a tough one. I got it the Niners 20. Chiefs 24. You nailed it again. All you do is uh, make the correct predictions. Uh, Adam, thank you so much for the time. We appreciate it, and we'll talk to you next week. All right, sounds good, guys. Thanks. Hey, uh, before we uh, before we break, before we leave the, the topic that we were discussing, before we talk to Adam Kaplan um, about Derry Thomas, thank you very much to Dustin, who tweeted this in, uh, and a reminder um about this because the other thing that I always think about when when I and again we're, we're bringing this up because this is the 24th anniversary of the passing of Derek Thomas Whitlock and I spent a lot of time around Whitlock at this time and I remember he I mean, after this happened he told me you weren't with us yet, Jake, I don't think. Maybe Swartz or whatever else. A lot of times we'd ride with him. Some would ride to lunch or, you know, a couple times I'd ride with him out to Manhattan to do a press conference or whatever. He said, here's the deal. You get in my car, you wear your seatbelt. You don't wear your seatbelt, you ain't getting in my car. And I'll be honest with you. Back then, I didn't always wear my seatbelt. I just didn't because I was stupid So I'm dumb. We do a lot of dumb things when we're younger, you know. And I just sometimes I wore it and sometimes I didn't. Again, because I was a moron. And I can promise you this. That made such an impact on me that I have never driven my car or been in a car without wearing a seatbelt since then. And I think a lot of people took that away from what happened because like Dustin just tweeted in he said very powerful segment on DT his death had a profound impact on me if someone like him could be killed in a car crash he should have walked away from I haven't been in a vehicle since then without wearing a seatbelt and that's how it did. And, and I think there's a lot of people that that at least took that good away from it and maybe because of that Maybe some lives have been saved since then, if you want to look at, at some type of small silver lining. But I can promise you this. I wore it most of the time, but I didn't always wear my seatbelt. And after that, I absolutely did. I remember Whitlock was real big on that. We talked about that on the show. And, and it was you know looking for something positive to try to take away from such a tragic event. And so 24 years later, as a reminder, wear your seatbelt. I don't care if you're driving down the street and you're just going to go get gas real quick and come right back. Nate, I remember distinctly you getting in a bad wreck. I mean, you lived a couple blocks away, just a block away from here or so. What you would call is in your neighborhood. I, I, it was, it was uh, less than a quarter of a mile from this radio station. 
You know, so just because you're almost home or you're almost at work or you're in your neighborhood, that doesn't protect you from someone doing stupid and running a stoplight or uh, or whatever. And so, yeah, where, you you know, do that thing. If you're thinking about DT today and you want to honor the memory of Derek Thomas, wear your damn seatbelt and everyone in your car. Make them wear your seatbelt every moment you're in a car. So 100 percent. And it, you can say, well, I'm, I'm a cautious driver. That doesn't protect you from getting in a wreck completely. I mean, I, I was I was smashed into by an 87-year-old person who ran a red light. The age doesn't matter, I guess, but a person who just right. didn't see a red light and ran right through it. And Frank Bull has since apologized. Yeah, he no. said he's sorry. <laughs> and also te- technology and... and <laughs> Props to the car manufacturers, because if you don't put your seatbelt on nowadays, it's pretty obnoxious. Right. And it should be. Yeah. Yeah. The, be. yeah the, hopefully the sound will drive you crazy until yeah. you that's put it all. on. Yeah. Yep. You Great know, takeaway. And that's that's something powerful that I was reminded by one of our great listeners, Dustin. So thank you, because that's important. Poor Frank. We will... Uh, Leave Frank Bull out of this. I'm sorry, I love Frank. Frank Bull. I love you, Frank. What a man. It's the best of us. Well, he doesn't ever call me or text me anymore. I hope so. I, I hope I, well, shoot, I hope I make it to 87 like Frank is. <laughs> Let alone look as good and sound as good as he does. All right, my man. We'll take a break. Todd Lebo next. Oh, boy. Uh, the one and only Todd Lebo live from Radio Row in Las Vegas after this on WHP. All right, here's a little... Uh, News for you. A couple of uh, NBA trades of note because uh, some local products. How about this? Is Lebo on the line? How about this? How about this? Yeah, buddy. How about this, Tud? Uh, the Pacers are trading Buddy Heel to the 76ers for Marcus Morris, another player, and three second round picks. How about that? Yeah, that's, that's good for Buddy, right? The Sixers are good. Uh, here's one that's just getting finalized. How about this one, Jake? You might want to pay attention to this. The Utah Jazz are finalizing a trade to send uh, Kelly Olenek and Ochai Egbaji to the Toronto Raptors for Kira Lewis, Otto Porter, and a first-round pick. So Ochai going that? from uh, Utah to Toronto. Woo? I don't know. I don't know what that means. That sounds like something. He's going to the six. Just trying to. I mean, it's your guy. Yeah, Kansas City kid. I figured. Yeah, some news. Right. Man, little, little little Oklahoma Kansas trade. Well, buddy is Hill. Grady Dick still in Toronto? So Ochai and Grady. Yeah, Dick. Here's your team. That here's the team you've been looking for. If I uh, I got to go to Toronto a couple times last year, Bragger. during the MLS what? season. If I get to go this, year, oh, I have to look him up. What? 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 It, what does MLS stand for? Oh. Oh. Did you get him? Another week. Another week. Another oh. week. Another got week. Him. Boom, boom. Got him. Boom, boom. <laughs> Let your guard down on Thursday. Then you're going to suffer next week. I hate you guys. I hate you, Todd. Uh, Todd did it, not me. Uh, they wouldn't have even caught it if it wasn't for you, Todd. Hey, listen, I'm, a, I'm observant. 
Man, you're real good at what you do. Got him. So, got him. set the stage. Sometimes they try to bait me into it, man. <laughs> set the stage, set the scene, what's going on in Las Vegas right now. You went to the Sphere, and now I'm jealous. I'd love to go there. What was that like? Oh, my God. The Sphere was unbelievable. You're, you got some FOMO right now, buddy. That was one of the I, – it, it'll. I, I'll tell people this. Like, until you've seen the Grand Canyon, you haven't seen the Grand Canyon. You know, pictures or whatever. And I sent you guys some pictures, but that's not like being in the sphere. Who was playing? You too. I don't feel so bad now. It's unbelievable. Anyway, so uh, we are <laughs> on our way. We're like three minutes from Chief's Hotel. We're going to get out and do some more interviews today. And then we'll be back there on Radio Row this afternoon doing all the business. So yesterday, I had a chance to talk to... This is a weird uh, pair of people. Jim McMahon, former quarterback, and Kyle Turley, former offensive lineman. They're actually uh, apparently running for president and vice president on a uh, campaign of cannabis. So that was interesting enough. But um, I talked to them about some football things as well. Jim McMahon played with Andy Reid at BYU and played for him. I had forgotten that Jim McMahon's last year in the NFL was with the Green Bay Packers when they won the Super Bowl and Andy Reid was on that offensive staff. So Jim McMahon loves Andy Reid and saw something in him way back then. Well, I know that uh, Andy stuck around BYU for a couple of years after his eligibility was up, and he, he was a graduate assistant. So he started getting into coaching then. Uh, I was very impressed when I was with the Packers of his coaching technique and style and what he knows about the game. And what I love about it, he's an old offensive lineman, and the way he loves to throw the ball is, is great because most old linemen want to just run it and pound it at you. But Andy, Andy understands the easiest way to score is to throw the damn thing, and it's great to see the success that he's had, and I'm, I'm wishing him luck again this week. So it's pretty cool to see Jimmy McMahon, and uh, we used to see him out of Tahoe, you know, Stephen playing barefoot golf yep. at American Century. He's in a wheelchair now, so he's got some health issues. But McMahon is an interesting guy. For sure. Now, Kyle Turley was always very interesting. Remember, he played for the Chiefs sure. in 2006 and 2007. Very outspoken. He's got some ideas about a lot of things, partially uh, running for vice president with Jim McMahon um, on the weed campaign, which is cool, right? I mean, they, they got some they were, that's interesting things to say. But I did not have on my bingo cards that Carl Peterson was going to be catching strays on Radio Row. Oh. When, I asked, when I asked Kyle Turley how amazed he is with the franchise, going so well right now, going to the fourth Super Bowl in five years. One change happened. That's all that needed to happen, brother. <laughs> Go ahead and tell me the change. We know. Hey, no, you know. CP, baby, you get that boy out of there and you got what you got, right? You get some Super Bowls. You know, there's a lot of people out here that think this is about them. You know, Cowboys are having the same problem. Everybody in the front office last name is the same. So, you know, that, that that's how you fix that team. It's real easy. It ain't the coach. Maybe the players, Zach, made some, a bunch of mistakes <laughs> that yeah. shouldn't have been made by a pro quarterback. But you start getting an organization built through a bunch of people that work together and they don't have fear of some person, you know. That's what Clark's uh, brought to the table, you know. He's a good man. He's got a great family that cares about that organization and wants that place to be a team. They've had a lot of things that have happened over there, you know. Javon Belcher, that that, that shook everybody up. And they knew, I think, more than anybody uh, after that incident that they needed to change that culture there to be about a family and take care of each other. And he's one of those guys that can do that, you know. I think that the players respect him enough, and he's had his own losses, you know, his own yeah. his own house that uh, have brought it home to him. So Kyle Turley firing out there on Carl Peterson. That was a weird one, huh? The GM running it. Wow. Mm. I mean, mm. that was wild. Anyway, 
interesting guys. I mean, Radio Road's crazy. There's all kinds of crazy stuff. I thought you guys would enjoy those. What else uh, happened on Radio Row yesterday? Anything good? I sent you that picture. Of Dead Top. I told you I keep seeing Carrot Top. You Why don't you talk to him? I, a Carrot Top is not someone I want to talk to. He's Why? Very scary. He just looks scary. Well, get he's out of your, get it's out of your like comfort got, zone. It's like he's got like like permanent mascara on too. That's so weird. But I will say this: uh, last night at U two. They sang happy birthday to Chris Rock. Chris Rock was apparently in the sphere. I think his seats were better than mine. But there you go. That was my thing. So that's a brush with greatness. I didn't see Chris Rock. But that's pretty good. Bono did sing uh, happy birthday to him. But I guess I did, too. We all sang. So what's the uh, what's the schedule today? Were you going uh, we're, to the Chiefs and then what? Yeah, we're jumping out of the car here in a second. At top of the hour, Andy Reid will address the media again. I think Mahomes will be on the podium, and we'll do some of the same stuff we did yesterday. So it'll be fun. And then tomorrow I'm coming home. What time? Night. Hmm. You want Canarius Tony again, Chad? Yes. I don't know. I don't know if we have enough time on the show for it. Oh, they don't have enough time, Chad. Can't, can't fit it in. Can't fit it in. <laughs> See, I, I, I would be jealous if you were going to the fight tonight. Well, you know what? I, I got to find out. Maybe some. Maybe we can get into that fight somehow. I got to. That's a good one. Oh, got to find a way into the fight, dude. Yeah. Dude, the 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 co-main and the main are both good. But I mean, it's Teofimo Lopez. So I've, I've been seeing some more signs for that now, and yeah. um, so I need to. Uh, I need to. I need to investigate that. The main event's really good, and then the co-main. Is Keyshawn Davis, who is an Olympian, who's undefeated, fighting his his first big fight. I mean, he's undefeated, but this is like his first big test against Jose Pedraza. But anytime you get a chance to, to watch Teofimo Lopez, and plus, because Teofimo is such a popular fighter, it'll be good people watching for the uh, for celebrities in the crowd. And there's a there's a good female championship fight on the card. It's a really good top ranked card that's going to be on ESPN. What time does it start? It'll be earlier right here. Then that won't be yes, back. yes. I'm going to sniff around on that. That's sniff around. Let, let me know. If you can, maybe give me a Teofimo Lopez t-shirt or something. I don't know. I'm not buying you the t-shirt. Well, you yeah, have you enough will. t-shirts. Give me a hat, then. You have enough t-shirts. Dude, what's enough? What, what you have minus 200. Not enough. Thank you, Todd. All right, guys. That's uh, Todd Lebo live from uh, Las Vegas. I tried to tell Jake about this fight. He don't listen to me. That's I'm listening DM. to you. He don't care. It's Teofimo, baby. I watched his last fight. You see, the thing about him is you just never know. Right. He could show up and look like the best fighter in the world. He looked great his last could, fight, right? He could get into a screaming match with his dad on the way to the ring. I mean, you, 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 just, you just never know. But it's not just him. You watch, like, Keyshawn Davis is incredible. And he's the co-main. He's fighting, like I said, Jose Pedraza, who's a hell of a fighter. I mean, Keyshawn should win, but I always like to see when these young fighters step up. He won a uh, he won a silver medal in Tokyo, and he's undefeated right now, twenty four years old. So he wins this fight, then he's 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 there, you know. So watch it on ESPN. See if you see Lebo yeah. in the crowd. We will uh, take a break. Back after this on WHB. All right, thank you to all of the guests that appear on the show today. Nick Bolton. Felix Anyudike Uzama, Rashi Rice, Trey Smith, 
Kadarius Tony. I'm good. Jesse Newell from the Kansas City Star. Uh, yeah. The Sausage, Anthony Sherman. NFL insider Adam Kaplan. And Todd Lebo live from Las Vegas where he's covering the Chiefs as they prepare for the Super Bowl. Tomorrow on the show, you'll hear our interviews with Creed Humphrey. Good. Justin Reed. Good. Noah Gray. Good. We'll also have Stan Weber in studio. Good. We'll have Tim Grunhard. Good. Who else? That's it. That's it, right? Okay. Let's make it sure. And we might replay, uh, like we played Nick Bolton and, and, and Felix and Rasheed Rice in the 6 o'clock hour. I'd play him in the 8 o'clock hour. i play him in the 8 o'clock hour for people that missed him because they were good. So, there it is. Any final comments now that you've broken your vow of silence, your vow oh, of chastity, man. soccer chastity? <laughs> I'm very disappointed to myself. yourself, man. And you just let it slip. It wasn't even when we were pressing I know. Right? It was completely unnecessary. It was, uh, I was just thinking about the chance I, you know, could get to see Ochai and Grady Dick. And there it was. Does that excite you? Oh, yeah. For sure. That could be your favorite NBA team now. Yeah, I think it is. Mm-hmm. My son has, I, I got him a Raptors jersey last year. See? Um, it's in the cards. So it seems like it's both my sons, actually. Um, Jake, will that lead you to start gambling on the uh, Raptors? I don't know. Mm. Maybe. A little interest. Maybe. Wait till the playoffs. I don't think they're very good, are they? Yeah, so what? You, have to, you don't have to just gamble on them. You don't have to gamble <laughs> on them to win. You know, gamble on them to do things. All right. I will be, and I promise not to yell. Selena is thrilled with this uh, turn of events that I can no longer shout during her basketball games, but I will be at her final game for the freshman team tonight at St. Teresa's Academy at 5.30 tip-off. With an appearance by Steve St. John Sr. And also, I've uh, it's a surprise, but she's in school, so she can hear Jared Sutton Ooh. is going to, uh, one of her shooting coach, her, her main shooting coach, is going to show up and Supporter for her last game, and so that'll have her very happy. That'd be very happy, you know. He makes people happy. Heck yeah! Thanks for listening to the show. We'll be back tomorrow on Red Friday, Super Bowl Friday, oh, right here wow. on Sports Radio 810 WHB. Good.